All right, so just shifting gears, I'm going to uh, basically continue the, the series that I uh, had started uh, weeks back and will continue to do um, every few weeks. And that is a, a series that I've titled Practical Christian Living, just a very simple title uh, of Practical Christian Living. And if you were here the previous times um, uh, in, in parts of, of this message, of this series, uh, the first one was uh, the significance of our work. And uh, if, you have, if you haven't had a chance to listen to those, that would be a good one, especially uh, in relation to today's message. It's a good combination. Uh, but the first, the first one was the significance of our work. And the second one, uh, which was a two-part series, was the, significant, the significance of our words. And both of those are very and very important in our everyday practical Christian living. So I would encourage you to, to listen to those. I'm going to continue on that um, thread and talk today about uh, something else that is significant. So, uh, significant. What we're going to look at today is the significance of our skills and experience. Um, you know, I think it's always good to remember the practicality of the Christian life, that this is not uh, just a bunch of people in white robes uh, that are, who are one day going to be floating on clouds strumming harps. Uh, God has us here for a reason, for a purpose. He has a purpose in, in each one of us following Him and serving Him because He has a, pers- a purpose and a mission for um, all humanity being on this earth right now. And his purpose is uh, not short-term, it's long-term. So we are here on this, uh, during this temporal phase of this earth uh, to prepare for what is coming, which is a kingdom for eternity. And what we do now will impact what, um, who will be included in that and will impact what our roles will be in that. And Scripture makes it clear that God is... Um, He cares about how we are living our lives here and what we are doing with what He has given us. So that's kind of what we're going to be looking into a little bit this morning. Uh, And I think it's going to to be good and encouraging and help us to maintain that that proper focus of practical Christian living. So the significance of our skills and experience. So... What God gives to each of us, and I think you've heard this many times if you've been in church for a number of years, what God has given us, He actually expects us to use, and to not only use for His purposes, but to also bring an increase to His kingdom. And speaking of uh, His return, you probably are familiar with the the parable that Jesus shares uh, about the talents. And we're going to just look at it real quick just so we can be on the same page of what Jesus said about this. This is what he says in Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 14. Jesus is speaking here. He says, For it will be like a man. I remember he's 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 talking about his return. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once 
and traded with them. And he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents here. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also had, he also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master, master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has, for to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, that's a powerful parable, um, one that kind of can kind of really get your attention. And that, that, was, that was what Jesus spoke. That was the parable that he shared to basically illustrate one day his return and what God will be expecting of what he has given each of his servants It's interesting that I wanted to point out that it sometimes we we look at this and we think, well, I don't know how I can how I can meet those requirements or or satisfy them and, and just remember that one uh phrase in there I'll go back to it because i some i from for years I overlooked this when he said that he uh to one he gave five talents to another two to another one to each according to his ability. So I think it's important that we rem remember that God is giving us gifts and talents and, uh, according to our ability. He's not expecting you to do beyond what you are able to do, but what he has enabled you to do, he does expect for us to use that and to bring a return. So that's a, that's a great way to kind of start off the whole perspective of God is expecting us to use what he has given us, the gifts that he has given us for his purposes. Paul mentions using our gifts when he wrote to the believers in Rome 
especially in relation to uh, contributing to the local body in which the believers belonged. In Romans 12, 6, in the first part, he says, Paul says this, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And a few verses later, he mentions how we should be ready to help those in need. This is in Romans uh, 12 as well in verse 13. He says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. He also mentions that we are created for good works that God has prepared for us to carry out. We see this in uh, his letter to the Ephesians in verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 10. He says this, For we are his workmanship, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I will just add here is he not only prepared the works, but he prepared us to be able to carry out the works by giving us gifts and abilities that we then uh, use to do these works. And Peter also mentions uh, in his letter that we should use our gifts that God has given us to serve one another. This is in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. It says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So that's just a good flyby look at um, the fact that God not only uh, gives to us gifts and and things that he um, gives to us to, to be able to do acts of, of good thing, good works, of good deeds. Um, but he, he also expects us to use them not only for his uh, purposes, but his kingdom and his people. And that's clear as you um, kind of read through Scripture that he does give us these things, and he does expect us to use them. So in talking about skills and experience, let's look at skills briefly, and using our skills. If you were to look at a dictionary and look up the word skill, uh, it would say something like this. Skill is a particular ability to do something well that you develop through training, practice, and experience. Now, particular ability, as you see there, can also be described as a gift of God. God has given each of us a particular ability. But it's also good to remember that that ability doesn't mean that you're instantly skilled at it. You have an ability. He's gifted you with an ability, but that ability then needs to be developed into a skill. Here's an example in Scripture of God having gifted men with a special ability and skill to then use for his purposes. This is in Exodus chapter 31, starting with verse 1 through verse 6. 
It says, the Lord said to Moses, see, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood, to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Ahazamach, of the tribe of Dan. And I have given to all able men ability that may, that that they may make all that I have commanded you. And we see a glimpse of God not only calling us to, to do and use our, our talents, our abilities, um, but giving to us what we need in order to uh, carry, those, carry that out, carry out the commands that he has given us. So uh, a particular ability, as that definition refers to, um, we can see that as a gifting that God has given each one of us. But that gifting, you're not instant. You're not given a gift that you are then instantly an expert uh, at using. And that goes with all of the gifts, including spiritual gifts. Um, when when God gives His people spiritual gifts that are talked about in Scripture, these are not something that you're instantly good at either. You have to practice so that you. Know when you uh, are hearing God right, when you're hearing the Spirit right. Uh, if you are to give a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, sometimes we get it wrong. And that's all a part of learning how to use gifts. Those are the spiritual gifts. And a lot of times people misunderstand and think that spiritual gifts, you, you are going to be instantly perfect at using. And that is not, that is not accurate. There's going to be a time of learning how to use those gifts. And we should be able, uh, we should be willing to practice those uh, so that we are able to uh, use them better and better and be able to hone those gifts into skills. Um, but it covers not only spiritual gifts like those, but uh, gifts God had given us, um, as, as we saw there, um, in the ability to speak or teach, in the ability to serve, even in the ability to give. Um, there's so many abilities God has given each one of us, and so we have, to, we have to then take those and develop those and practice those so that we get better at using them. They turn into... Um, we turn into a skilled um, user of those. So one thing I want to mention about skills, and those of you who have been in the workforce uh, have probably heard, heard this, but you often hear reference to hard skills or soft skills. And I think these are very uh, valid and, and important, actually, to understand, not only for you know, working in this in this world, but also for uh, God's purposes and God's kingdom. So, so what's the difference? What are we talking about here? Uh, just in a nutshell, hard skills are measurable technical abilities acquired and enhanced through education and experience. They usually come through formal education, um, training, concentrated effort, and practice. They can be learned and perfected over time. Soft skills, on the other hand, are 
behavioral abilities. They're made up uh, of things like character traits and interpersonal skills, which are more difficult to acquire through formal training. Soft skills are usually tied closely to a person's personality or upbringing and personal experiences. So some examples of soft skills, because I think the hard skills we're more familiar with. The soft skills, maybe not as much so. Uh, soft skills might be, um, here's a, just a brief example. There's a, many of them, but here's a few. Interpersonal communication, emotional intelligence, team player, conflict resolution, dependability, time management. These are the things that are not so easy to get from just going to a training program or going to school or um, watching you know, a, a video on YouTube. Um, these are things that are, are harder to acquire, but can I just say these are really important and I think the workplace in general has uh, begun realizing the extreme importance of these soft skills. If any of you have worked for an employer, um, especially a, say, a manager, supervisor, or a coworker who lack these soft skills, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have learned through experience that these things are very, very important. Actually, I would say that they are very often more important, definitely equally as important to the hard skills. And um, I have experienced what it's like to be um, under the supervision of someone who lacks these, and many of you have as well. So this is something that not only employers are looking for, they're looking for your hard skills, but they are also looking, if they're smart, for soft skills because they need someone who's going to be able to come in and be able to get along with coworkers, to be able to come under the uh, leadership of their supervisors, to be able to contribute to a team, to be able to be um, adaptable or dependable, uh, to be able to have some empathy when uh, there's a need to have empathy. There's so many things that make or break someone in the workplace. And, and this really applies not only to the workplace, but uh, to anything that involves interpersonal relationships. Now, if you're just sitting in front of computer coding all day long, you know, the computer really doesn't care if you have these skills or not. I did that for years. And, but here's the thing, you, you rarely code in isolation. You rarely code uh, solo. When I was in business for myself, I had a uh, a few of my own software apps, and I, I, I kind of loved it because it was just me and the computer. I didn't really have to deal with anyone else. It was kind of easy. But you then go into a workplace where you're on a team of, with other developers and coders. Uh, it can be quite difficult because you, you put in there humanity and relational um, challenges, and that's where soft skills will make or break that situation. And then it can completely, completely cause chaos on a team if either the, the, the team leader or possibly um, the coworkers, one of the coworkers, lacks these uh, abilities. So if you are an employer, if any of you guys do hiring, you need to pay attention to soft skills when you are interviewing somebody. And those of you looking for a job, if you lack these, you need to work on these because you will not last very long without these if you're, if you're working in a team environment. Now this 
um, not only applies to the workplace, but to, to everywhere. But let me, let me just mention this, just to kind of bring this home as far as understanding the difference between hard skills and soft skills. Here's some just uh, real-life examples for you. If any of you have been to a doctor, you, you will experience whether or not the doctor not only has hard skills, but whether or not the doctor has soft skills. Uh, hard skills would be things like uh, he knows which questions to ask to, to diagnose your symptoms. He, he knows what illness is associated with those symptoms, or he knows how to test for the confirmation of that illness. Those are all hard skills that anyone can learn through proper training. And those are usually what these training programs, medical school, would, would focus on these things. Um, and maybe he knows the procedures and the medications to prescribe. Here are some soft skills, also known as bedside manners. He knows how to listen and to make you feel heard. He knows how to empathize with your ailments. He knows how to communicate the diagnosis with care and compassion. Or he knows how to direct you and encourage you in the necessary steps ahead. Now, any of you who have been to a doctor who lacks these soft skills, you understand why they are so important and how it can make you feel. I've heard from many, many people, my parents including, included, I just don't go to doctors, which is why I don't have that problem. <laughs> I'm kidding. I hope, I hope I don't have to run into this. But I have, I have seen this. I have heard nightmare stories about this, about, about doctors who have absolutely no bedside manner. I don't know how they've gotten this far. And doctors need to remember, at least in our society and culture and country, we can choose who we go to see. And that does make a difference. So you've got these doctors who, man, technically, they, they know it. They, they can diagnose. They can pinpoint. They have this wealth of knowledge. But they are so lacking in their bedside manner. They are so lacking in their soft skills that you feel even worse when you come out of there. And some have just said the most horrific things to you that you really do feel like it's, uh, you have no chance of, of getting through this. So <laughs> this, is, this, is actually, this is actually really important. And when you actually experience what it's like on the other end, especially for someone who is lacking these soft skills, you start to understand the importance of them. So it's important. Here's, here's another just simple example uh, for many others of us who can relate. Let's take a barista, all right? If you like coffee, you've gone to a lot of coffee shops, and, and you're usually interacting with a barista. And Rachel, you'll understand this, and you can have a barista who has hard skills, and you can have a barista who uh, has... Hard skills only, no, no soft skills, or you can have a barista who has no, no hard skills and just soft skills. You don't want that either. So here, here are some hard skills dealing with coffee. So a barista, she might know how to uh, punch your order into the register properly. She might know how to uh, prepare the specialty latte that you just ordered. Or she, she knows how to finish it off with the most beautiful latte art. Those are all hard skills that can be honed, can, that can be um, acquired through training. But here are some examples of soft skills. She knows how to make you feel welcomed and, and like you're a valued customer. 
She knows how to happily answer all of your questions. I usually have many of them. All of your questions and even give suggestions based on your preferences. They will get a tip from me if they help give me suggestions based on my preferences. And she might know how to smile and speak with kindness and make you feel appreciated rather than a bother. Now, if you've had a barista who lacks these soft skills, you understand why these are important. It just really makes you not want to go back there. But if their hard skills are good enough, we, we tolerate it, don't we, Jaren? Because a good latte is... But this, this is important to have both of these. And any smart employer who does any kind of hiring are going to be looking for people who not only have the hard skills but have these soft skills because they will make or break the success of that new employee. Now, God is not only concerned with our hard skills. Our soft skills are very, very important to him as well, and especially how we treat others. We see some examples of this uh, going back into the Old Testament when, when Solomon was building the temple and he was gathering all the workers, the skilled workers, and uh, the supplies and everything that they needed to be able to, he needed to be able to build this temple. In Second Chronicles, in chapter 2, starting in verse 7, it says this. Solomon says, So now send me a man skilled to work in gold, silver, bronze, and iron, and in purple crimson, and blue fabrics, trained also in engraving, to be with the skilled workers who are with me in Judah and Jerusalem, whom David my father provided. Now see, you've got the hard skills, and then you've got the soft skills, because he's saying to be with the skilled workers who are with me. So he's asking for someone not only to come and do their craft alone, but to come and do their craft among a team, with a team of people. So they need to have those soft skills. Send me also cedar, cypress, and algum timber from Lebanon, for I know that your servants know how to cut timber in Lebanon, and my servants will be with your servants. He's going to be sending, sending servants to work together with those other servants. Put on then, oh, sorry, that's a different one. So that's a, just a glimpse of even Solomon knows that we, you have to have someone not only with the hard skills, but who can work together with other people. You get someone who's highly skilled, but has no ability to work among a team. They're not, they're, you know, you might can use them for some things that they can do in isolation, but for the most part, they just become a, a problem a liability, a, a weight to your, your progress. So uh, just a glimpse at the New Testament. And Paul, with Paul, he writes to the Colossians, he says this, talking about how we should uh, be towards one another. God uh, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Listen to all these soft skills. Holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, Humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Now that's a, just a, it's loaded, full of, of soft skills, that are very important to God. 
Jesus, when he was here with his disciples, he continued to hammer to them, emphasize again and again the importance of loving one another. And that's how we're to operate in all the things that we do, all the works that have been prepared for us that we are to carry out, that God has uh, prepared for us and ordained for us to do. He, he also has equipped us and wants us to care about not only the hard skills, but the soft skills to do all that we do for him with love, with care for the people to whom we are serving or working with. Very important to him. Now, we can have uh, multiple skills that we develop and use. Uh, we're not just stuck having to uh, maintain a certain skill. And I, I think this is one of the joys of, of life as you go through different phases, different um, times in your life where one skill might be of a particular use and, and God can use that, uh, but then he moves you on to something else. Uh, and I, or you've got some who, who stay in that one skill for uh, most of their life, and they're very, very good, at it, and God will use that. So, but when you think of these, don't think that, okay, when I, when I start taking this gifting and developing it into a, to a skill that I'm very good at, that you're going to be stuck with that. Um, you may be happy about being stuck with that, but God may move you on to something else, or your heart may move you on to want to do something else and try something else. And I think that's a beautiful thing because God can, can gift you with many giftings and talents that then can be developed into skills that can be used for his purposes. But the, the point is that we learn to use them to, to profit his kingdom, to bring back a return for him, to not receive these gifts and let them be uh, in vain, or not to receive them and to bury them in the ground and not use them. So God will use you in many different ways if you're willing to learn new skills and put them to use. I'm, I'm reaching a phase of life where I'm wanting to learn new things. I was a, I've been in ministry for years, but I was also a software developer for over 25 years in, in, in the IT industry and uh, used those uh, use those skills to, to, to return uh, to God's kingdom a, a, a prophet. And not always I was able to. Uh, and, and keep in mind that this is not just, this is also for things. So God wants you to use these things to provide for your family, for yourself, for your family. Those are very important. Uh, men, women, uh, fathers, mothers, God wants you to use the giftings that you have to be able to provide for your family, not only for others and serving others and for bringing a profit to his kingdom, but for, for your family. So all of the giftings he's given you, he's given you for a reason that also includes your family and, pro, and provision for your family. And, and so that can, that can change. So I, I'm entering a new phase where I'm, I'm, I, I have a lot of, technical skill and, and knowledge and abilities in the IT industry, and, um, and I still use those when there's a need. But I'm wanting to learn some new things, and God has gifted me with certain abilities that are conducive for developing new skills, and he's done that with all of us. So that, that can uh, change. That can look different ways as you uh, go through life. You can have different skills and and develop different skills. 
Let's talk a little bit about experience and using our experience. If you were to look at a definition of the word experience, it would say something like this. Experience is the knowledge or skill that is obtained from doing, seeing, or feeling things, or something that happens which has an effect on you. Experience doesn't only come by the deliberate choices that you make of of developing a skill. It can also come through hardships that you would rather avoid, but end up really as powerful teaching lessons. And any of you who have lived life long enough knows that some of the most powerful lessons in your life has been through experiences and oftentimes hard experiences. Paul mentions this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3 and 4. He says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which, with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So what Paul is saying here is to remember in whatever situation you find yourself in, whether it's a hardship or not a hardship, but whatever the experience might be, God will likely use that experience from which you have learned greatly, he will use that to then help other people. It it could be, in this case, talking about affliction and learning how to bring comfort to others. Um, Phil can really speak to this because he's had to go through many afflictions uh, physically and 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 in other ways. And he's able to, he has seen how God then has changed him in such a way through these experiences to be able to help other people in ways that he was not able to do before. I can certainly attest to that, and many of you can as well. I have learned things much, much better through difficult experiences than I would have otherwise. Uh, I've learned about these soft skills that we spoke of and the importance of them and the importance of being able to... um, empathize with people, have some emotional intelligence with people, and, and to be able to listen and, and show respect and treat people with respect or love and, and all of those things that are very important to God. I've learned those much better from difficult hardships and experiences that I've had to go through. It, it is the best classroom. It is the best way to learn. You, you will not easily forget if you go through those experiences. So in a way, what, God, uh, what Paul was saying is, and many times in Scripture you see this, is, is not to disdain those, not to, uh, but to learn to appreciate those times when you are going through hardships because God is using them to teach you. It doesn't always mean that that he has brought them upon you, but he does promise that he will turn it into something good if you will turn to him and trust him. And he will use those hardships to to make us better people, to make us more effective in his kingdom and more effective towards others. And it's really a beautiful thing. It's much easier to look back on it and think, man, 
Yeah, I learned so much. I wouldn't have it any other way. But man, when you're in it, that, that is hard when you're in it. But if we can just keep that focus on God is going to use this. If I lean into him, not on, not on my own understanding, but lean into him and trust him with this, that he will see me through. He is walking through it with me. He will strengthen me and lean into him. He will bring you through it. And he will not only bring you through it, but he will turn those ashes into something beautiful. He will use it not only for you in your own life, but to impact others for his purposes. And that's a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing. And the, and the people of God, anyone who's been walking with God has seen the reality of that. So experiences. Experience is one of the most effective methods of developing both hard and soft skills and making a person much more valuable. And really, this is why great leaders, if you pay attention, great leaders tend to be older. And the reason is because they've been around long enough to learn a great deal from their many experiences. It's not something that you can shortcut. So God, look, here's the, here's the main focus of all of this is that God wants us to use our skills and experience for his kingdom. And remember, his kingdom involves provisions for you, provisions for your family. All of that is a part of of his kingdom and his purposes for us here on this earth. And he wants us to take the abilities, the giftings he's given us, and to then Take them and develop them and practice them and get better at them and use them to bring forth fruit, to bring forth a a return of of his investment in you. We don't want to bury what he has given us so that no one profits from their use. Uh, Let's take just a look at a quick scripture, and this is all the way back in Exodus and talking about how God wants us to use the things he's given us. So here's, here's some example of his people back then um, being used. It says, And every skillful woman spun with her hands, and they all bought, excuse me, and they all brought what they had spun in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twine linen, all the women, whose hearts stirred them to use their skill, spun the goat's hair. It's talking about um, building the tabernacle and all the contributions that were done and how all the women, men who had skills would put them to use. So the people of Israel, every man and woman who was eager to help in the work the Lord had given them through Moses, brought their gifts and gave them freely to the Lord. And that's what we want to... We want to do. That's how we want to um, handle the gifts that he's given us. And listen, he's given every one of you gifts. And can I just say this? Just because you're not necessarily seeing or identifying the actual developed skill yet, doesn't mean that you do not possess gifts that he's given you. God has given you giftings. They don't always look like maybe what you expect. God has actually wired each one of us uniquely, differently, but for a purpose. He's wired you that way 
He's created your personality in such a way that it, it leans, uh, lends to certain skills or jobs or works that he has prepared for us. There are things that, um, I've got five kids. I've, I've learned that God creates every child different. And those of you who only have one child, you'll see. Give it some time. When you have multiple children, you'll see. Very different. But I've learned that God has wired and created us. He's knitted us together in the womb quite differently. Some have similarities, but many are quite different. But they're all for a purpose. God has prepared works for each one of us that he's also given us abilities and giftings and wirings, if you will, to be able to carry those out well. So just because you haven't seen a a tangible um, craft or skill that you're able to do, that doesn't mean he has not given you anything. It just means that you're yet to see what he's going to bring about. It's in you, and, and you will need to learn, okay, what is it? that he, How has he made me? What has he made me good at? I'm still learning and learning to appreciate. I used to not like some of the things and the ways that he's made me, but I'm learning to appreciate. Actually, there is a lot of good in how he has made me. And that a lot of people aren't made that way. And there's certain jobs that I would be better for carrying those out than these other people. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ. And, and Paul talks about the, the, the many members and the differences that we don't all have the same abilities or functions. And yet that's what makes it so beautiful. And that's what makes it a body that can work together is that we're able to contribute our, our gifts, our giftings, our abilities to Um, the greater good, the the body. So ask God to begin showing you and giving you an appreciation for what he has put in you, how he has made you, the gifts that he has given you, and to start showing you how those can be used. And maybe you have already seen some of those, but there's more to be had. I think that many of us have giftings that we've not even seen the potential of those as we begin to develop them and to use them and practice them. So all of that is very important to God because he has taken great care in knitting each of us together in our mother's womb and how he has chosen to make us. Don't despise how he has chosen to make you. He has a reason for it and a great purpose for it if we will yield to him and allow him to show that to us. All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this great uh, reminder uh, about sometimes we might refer to these as the, the simple things of life. But God, this is actually a, a very important thing for us to remember, the, the gifts you've given us, the, the, the skills and the experiences that you have allowed us to, to have and go through, and that they are to be used for your kingdom's sake, to to bring about uh, your purposes. And God, thank you that you have, uh, you have prepared works for us to do, but not only that, you have equipped us. You have given us what we need to, to develop into a skill to carry out those works. And God, thank you for each of us, not that we 
have to try to do everything on our own and of ourselves, but that we have each of us who has different skills, different experiences to bring to the body, to serve one another, to help one another for your purposes. God, help us to do that well. Help us to do that with the hard skills that we have, but also help us to develop and hone those soft skills that are so important to you, to be able to carry out your work with love, with care, with compassion, respect, all of the things that are important to you, how we treat one another. Help us to do that with excellence. God, we love you. We thank you for this reminder. We ask that you um, begin releasing in everyone's life more glimpses of the giftings that you've given them and the abilities you've given them. Begin opening the door and showing them. Give them the opportunities to begin um, developing those abilities and to see how you want to use them. God, I just speak a blessing over every person here this morning to to be able to take those gifts that you've given them and begin putting them to use. God, bless not only them through the gifts you've given them, but bless others through them. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to a broadcast from LifePoint Church in Greenville, South Carolina. If this ministry has touched your life in some way, we would love to hear from you. Just visit our website at www.lifepointsc.org for more information. Or, if you prefer to reach us by letter, you can write to us at P.O. Box 27036, Greenville, South Carolina, 29616, USA. Until next time, may God bless you as you continue to follow Him.